This is the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. We come to you in the name of Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of the Most High Yahweh. Tune in each week to hear teachings directly from Scripture, focused upon believing in the Father, His Son, and the holy and righteous law of our Creator. At the end of this broadcast, we will give you the web address whereby you may contact us for further scriptural information. Good evening, everybody. This is Brother Matthew, and I am excited about finishing up our series on outward modesty. That's right. I've been talking about outward modesty and decency over the past few weeks on this radio broadcast, and I believe it is a very important subject that rarely gets talked about in Christianity today. Very rarely do you ever hear sermons, especially exegetical sermons, explaining various texts in the Bible that deal with the subject of being modest and decent in our outward apparel. What I want to do tonight is wrap things up. This will be the last lesson in the series. I'd like to deal with a few objections that people give to say that it really doesn't matter how we dress because it's the heart that the Heavenly Father looks at and not what's on the outside. One of the most famous passages that is often gone to when trying to promote this false doctrine of not having to dress holy and righteous on the outside is in First Samuel Chapter 16, verse 6 through 7. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible because it is the one that was handy to me here in my office. So in 1 Samuel 16, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, Then it came about when they entered that he looked at Eliab and thought, Surely Yahweh's anointed is before him. But Yahweh said to Samuel, Do not look at his appearance. Or at the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Almighty sees not as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but Yahweh looks at the heart. Now most often the last part of verse 7 is the only part that is quoted where it says, For Yahweh sees not as man sees. Or most people will say, For the Lord sees not as man sees. And they then go and say, See, the text plainly says, that man looks on the outward appearance. Man is trying to judge you by the outside. But the Lord, the Father in heaven, he looks at the heart. He looks on the inside of a person. Now, I'm not going to argue with the text. I believe this text, and I love this text, and I affirm this text. But what exactly is going on here? Well, if you begin to read at 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1, and read the entire chapter. I would encourage you to do that. What you will see is that Samuel was going to anoint a new future king over the nation of Israel because Yahweh had rejected Saul as being king over Israel. And when Samuel went to the sons of Jesse to find somebody to replace Saul, what Samuel was looking at was the stature, the strength, and the outward appearance in the sense of nobility. Samuel was thinking, when Jesse brought all of his sons out, except David, 
Samuel was thinking, man, surely, surely out of all these sons that look so strong and handsome and noble, surely the anointed new king, the new future king over Israel is standing in front of me. But Yahweh spoke to Samuel and said, do not look at his appearance or at the height of his stature. Here in the context, Yahweh speaking to Samuel is talking not about modest versus immodest. That's not the issue. Yahweh is talking about nobility, stature, height, strength. In other words, Yahweh is saying, look, don't look at how great and mighty one of these men look on the outside. What Yahweh is looking for is somebody whose heart is perfectly towards him. And, of course, we know that Jesse had another son, and he was out tending the sheep, and his name was David, and he was the one that was anointed to be king over Israel. He was a young son. He may not have been as strong. He may not have looked as mighty and noble as some of the other older sons of Jesse, but Yahweh didn't see as man sees. Yahweh looked on the intent of the heart. So this passage in 1 Samuel 16, although it is often used in order to justify immodest dress, has absolutely nothing to do with immodest dress. Now, I'd like to cover some other objections and kind of summarize what we've been talking about for the past few weeks um, and kind of tell you about some of the things that I've heard from people that I have witnessed to or shared my faith with, my biblical faith with, concerning modest dress and even in the area of wearing tunics for the purpose of modesty. Some people that I've talked to have not wanted to wear tunics or robes, and they would argue that times have changed, Matthew. Don't you know that we're living in 2013? This is the age of the iPhone. This is the age of advanced computer technology. And you're telling us we've got to go back to the Stone Age, so to speak. They judge what they believe, not by the Bible, but they judge what they believe by culture and what is accepted in modern-day society. And I believe that that's unacceptable in the eyes of the Creator. What that reasoning would logically pan out to justify is practices like homosexuality. For example, homosexuality is now becoming, in 2013, it is now becoming morally accepted in modern society as a proper cultural practice. There are actually so-called churches of the Lord, so-called, I don't believe they're biblical assemblies or biblical congregations, but there are churches that have now ordained homosexual men or women in the pulpit ministry. And then there are many other churches. I just saw not long ago, I believe it was last year or in the last two years, that there was a gentleman here in my local city of Conyers, Georgia, that pastored a church. The name of the church was Church in the Now. The pastor's name, or as they call him, the bishop's name, was Jim Sweeley. But I watched him talk, and he came out as an open homosexual. And he basically blasphemed the scriptures and kind of shoved texts like Sodom and Gomorrah and texts from the Apostle Paul under the rug. It's becoming more and more accepted. Now, 
It doesn't matter, though. This is the key. It doesn't matter if homosexuality becomes accepted in culture or in society. That doesn't matter. What matters is the unchanging moral standard of the Creator. Yahweh's law in Leviticus 18 and also Leviticus chapter 20 condemns homosexuality, condemns that practice, along with a host of other sexually immoral practices like adultery or miscegenation or bestiality. All of those things are condemned in those passages of Leviticus. So those laws of Yahweh, those moral principles of Yahweh are unchanging. It doesn't matter what society says. Yahweh's word is unchanging. And I would say that Yahweh gives us a moral principle in Genesis 3 when Adam and Eve fell into sin and they tried to cover themselves with loincloths, but that was not suitable. That was not acceptable because Yahweh then appointed them in verse 21. He appointed them tunics for the purpose of generally covering over their nakedness in the midst of people in the midst of going out and being in the world. Yahweh's divine ordinances in Scripture always remain true. Yahweh set the standard for clothing, nakedness, in Genesis 3.21, and that standard is everlasting. And we could change a host of precepts in the Bible if we stick with the argument that times have changed. And what I want to say here is that the issue of this study on modesty is not one that is trying to teach, and I think I mentioned this in a previous sermon, I am not trying to teach or demand that we go back to an ancient lifestyle. I do not believe it is a sin to have a computer. I do not believe it is a sin to drive a vehicle or talk on a cell phone. I don't believe any of those things are sins. Some groups have went that route, I believe wrongly, like the Amish or the Mennonite groups. And I'm not knocking a more simpler lifestyle if that's the way that you choose to go. But it's not a sin for me to prepare a sermon with a computerized Bible and a computerized Strong's Concordance on my gateway computer. That's not a sin. As I record this lesson right now, I'm using an iPad and an Apogee mic. Yeah, those things are recent inventions. I mean, within the past five years. That is not a sin. I'm not demanding we go back to an ancient lifestyle and rid ourselves of power tools and modern transportation and technology. That's ridiculous. The issue here with the tunic that I've been talking about, the issue is modesty, decency. That's the issue. Making sure our bodies are clothed modestly based upon the standard of Genesis 3.21. So always remember, it's an issue of modesty. It's not an issue of culture or changes in time. We have to remember that we are called as followers of the Messiah. We are called to follow him, follow the scriptures that he stood for, in spite of whatever society or culture is doing. I recognize, you know, I speak for myself here, and at one time in my early walk in this scriptural precept of dressing modestly, I remember riding down the highway in my tunic that was hanging, you know, just above my kneecaps there, 
And I was thinking to myself, why in the world, Matthew, are you dressed like this? Everybody else dresses in pants, shorts, t-shirts, cutoffs, you know, and they're all accepted and you could dress like them and what would be the harm in dressing like the rest of the world. But shortly after that, you know, that was my flesh talking, but shortly after that, I believe the spirit of Yahweh that dwells inside of me caused me to remember that the world's standards are not the standards of Yahweh. It is sovereign Yahweh that makes the rules. He calls the shots, not Matthew, not you, not any other man on the face of the earth. And I realized that I had to cast down in my mind any thought that would lead me away from what Yahweh appointed in Genesis 3.21, as well as the remainder of Scripture, all the way right down to the book of Revelation, where people are still, the saints of Yahweh are still dressed in tunics as modest and decent people in his sight. And from that time forth, I've grown in this area of my walk. And I even, at one point in my life, I was asked to leave a courtroom, a government courtroom. I was asked to get up and walk out because I would not tuck in my tunic. I remember it to this day. My wife and I were going there uh, for some legal business. Uh, I had done nothing wrong just so everybody knows that. <laughs> I had not committed a crime, but we were going there for some legal business and for some paper documents. And I was dressed just like I would going to a Sabbath meeting or a church service. And I'm very decent. My wife was dressed very decent. And I had a dress shirt that was in tunic form that was hanging down right to about the knee. I remember the bailiff, he comes up to me and he tells me I have to tuck in my shirt and I tell him that it's a religious garment, it's not a shirt, it's a tunic and I wear it for modesty. And to make a very long story short, um, when we went into the courtroom and everybody was made to stand up as the judge entered in, the bailiff came up to me and said, Mr. Jansen, or I think he may have called me, Sir, you're going to have to leave this courtroom. And I had to leave that courtroom. I could not stand in the United States courtroom because I could not even be in that United States courtroom because I refused to tuck in my tunic. But I stood by my convictions. I stood by the moral principles of Yahweh. I did not give in. I even had the lawyer that was representing my wife and I in the legal case that we were involved in. I had the lawyer asking me, Mr. Jansen, is there any way that you could just tuck it in for a few minutes. And I said, look, this is my belief based upon what the Bible teaches. And if I can't stand for Yahweh's morality in the case where I'm going to be kicked out of a courtroom, listen, there are Christians throughout the history of Christianity that were not asked to leave courtrooms, but that were put to death because of their beliefs. And their standards. I think of a man named William Tyndale who was so brave in translating the Bible into the language of the common people of his day, which was Old English, and he was put to death. He was burned at the stake because he translated the Bible into the English language. And here I am. My life is not in jeopardy. I'm not being threatened with death. I've not got a gun pointed in front of me saying, tuck in your tunic. All I'm being asked to do is to re remove myself from a courtroom, and I'm going to give in to Yahweh's standard just because of that when men and women have died and been burned at the stake. 
No. So I refused to do that. And Yahweh worked everything out. I didn't get to go in the courtroom. <laughs> but Yahweh worked everything out in our favor and blessed my wife and I in what we needed that day. So that has happened to me. And, you know, people don't care. I tried to write a letter and, and uh, talk to other people about this um, that were high up in law courts and things. Nobody's interested. Everybody thinks you're a nut. Everybody thinks you're crazy. And even in modern society, you know, it's become normal to me because I've been dressing this way now since 2004, so about nine years. And it's become normal to me. It's become normal to my wife. There's a really good friend and brother that I work with every day. It's normal to him. It's normal to my church friends. But when I go into society still, if I go out to a Target or if I go out to a Walmart and I'm dressed this way, even though I'm normal to myself, Yes, people still think, wow, that's weird. Why is that guy dressed in that long shirt? And what are those strings hanging off of his shirt? Because I wear tassels according to Numbers 15, 37 through 41 and Deuteronomy 22, verse 12 on the four corners of my tunic. And so people think, yes, you are strange. But you would be surprised at how many opportunities that I've had to witness to people because they open up the conversation by asking me, excuse me, sir, what are you wearing? Or why are you dressed that way? Or what are those strings hanging off of your shirt? See, Yahweh Almighty has opened up the opportunity for me to not just share with them about why I'm dressed the way that I am, but to steer, to steer that conversation then to the good news of our Master and Savior Yeshua the Messiah, the Son of Almighty Yahweh, and how He, through Him, we can have eternal life by His perfect life, sacrificial death, and victorious resurrection on the third day. So it opens up the opportunity for me to share the good news of the Messiah with people who are lost just because of dressing modestly. I do believe that this topic is so simple that children can understand it. Um, for instance, if both men and women throughout the whole entirety of Scripture wore tunics for the sake of modesty to modestly cover over their midsection and not wrap around it and outline cracks and crevices that should not be outlined, you say, Brother Matthew, that's getting a little plain. Well, hold on to your hat because I'm about to get a little bit more plain here in just a second. But if men and women throughout all Scripture wore tunics for the sake of modesty, why shouldn't we wear them now? Remember, from the first man, Adam, to the last man, Adam, which is Yeshua the Messiah, that's approximately 4,000 years, 4,000 years, the modest peril or modest garment did not change. And then from the time of Yeshua all the way up till about the 15 or 1600s, men and women still, righteous men and women I'm talking about, still wore tunics. Look at the Protestant reformers. I want you to look at them next time you get a chance uh, to see different paintings or sculptures of the Protestant reformers. Many of them, the men, were dressed in tunics or robes. They did not wear pants as an outward garment. And mind you, many of them also had beards. And that's because Christian men used to understand that they were not to shave their face. But that's another subject for another time. But most of them wore tunics or robes. Why? Because that was modest Christian apparel. I am in no way teaching that in certain cases like riding a horse or swimming, that pants are more practical. I wear pants every single day. 
And I'm not teaching anybody to throw their pants away and buy all robes and never wear another pair of pants as long as they live. I'm not teaching that at all. What I'm teaching is that we should wear a modest and acceptable tunic over top of our pants. That's all I'm saying. And I've even encouraged some of the brothers that I know and that I love that still to this day maybe think I'm a little bit crazy. They still love me, but they think I'm just a tad bit crazy. I've just encouraged them to leave their shirt untucked. I know that it's usually taught in Christian circles for men to tuck in their shirt to be appropriate, but I would say leave it untucked so at least it hangs at least a little bit over the midsection to uh, cover that section of your body modestly, and likewise uh, with the woman. Let me say this. I understand that there are differences with pants that different people wear. There are certainly pants that are more modest than others. As I ride down the road every day during the work week, and I'm traveling down the road, and I see people walking on the sidewalks and on the sides of the roads, I often see women that are dressed in a pair of pants that I do not have a clue how they got them on that morning. It's almost like they are spray-painted onto their body, and it is outlining everything on that woman's anatomy that I do not need to be looking at. Now, I recognize that there are some pairs of pants that are a lot more modest than those. They're loose. And yes, that is better than the skin-tight pants or leotards that I see a lot of women wearing today. However, what we want to go back to is not what is better. We want to go back to what is best. Genesis 3.21, the tunic. The tunic is what Yahweh appointed Adam and Eve. I'm not trying to argue with you that some pants are more modest than others. I'm not arguing against that view. All I'm saying is let's go back to the Bible and let's wear what Yahweh has appointed man and woman from the beginning. And what also Apostle Paul in 1 Timothy 2 verse 9. In 1 Timothy 2 verse 9, Paul wrote to Timothy right after he said verse 8. In verse 8 he said, I would that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. And he says, likewise, that the women dress themselves in modest clothing with decency and good sense. And when you check out those Greek words, modest and clothing, I believe it's the word clothing in Greek, is the word katastole, and it refers basically to a tunic, is what it refers to. Something that is long and something that is loose. And that is the key. If you're wondering how to dress modestly, obviously it starts with the tunic. However, if you're dressed in a tunic that is skin tight and you know comes three inches below your waist, Obviously, that's not a scriptural tunic. The key is long and the key is loose. I see so many women nowadays, especially women, it's becoming more and more popular for women to wear very low-cut shirts to where you've got an inch or sometimes four or five inches of cleavage from their breast area showing. Women, you do not need to show off your breasts to other men as though they're for sale. Those private areas of your body are for your husband or single women, they're for your future husband. But women walk around today showing all of this cleavage. They walk around today in very, very tight pants, very tight skirts and short skirts and even short dresses. 
that are outlining their shape. And I think it all stems from them wanting to be seen. They want their bodies to be seen. And I'm talking about, in some cases, professing Christians. Now, I realize that some people have never been told any other way. I recognize some people have never learned the truth about modest apparel. But if you're listening to the sound of my voice, now you're learning that truth. Women, you do not need to be showing off your cleavage, your breast area. You do not need to be showing off your buttocks. That is not appropriate for a Christian woman to show off. You need to make sure that your clothing is loose, it's not outlining your shapes, and that it is long. Therefore, it is modest. And therefore, you're presenting yourself as not just having holiness on the inward person, but you're presenting yourself as having holiness on the outward person, not because you think you're better than thou, not because you want to stick your nose up in the ear. And let me say that if that is the intention, if that is the intention for you wanting to dress modestly, you need to repent of that unholy spirit. You do never need to think that you are better than any other person walking on the face of the earth. That is pride, and it needs to be rebuked and removed from the Christian. You dress modestly because you want to be a good witness for the Messiah, for Yeshua, and how he lived his life and how he presented himself before the Father. That should be, women and men, why you dress modestly, never sticking your nose up in the ear, never thinking that you're better than everybody else, not wanting to talk to them because of who they are and looking at them like they have some kind of plague and disease. No, they're wrong for dressing immodestly, but they need to hear the good news of Yeshua. They need to be delivered. And mind you, the first message that they hear doesn't need to be modesty. The first message that they hear needs to be that if they repent of their sins and put their faith in the Son of Almighty Yahweh, Yeshua the Messiah, they will be forgiven for all past, present, and future sins because the blood of Yeshua is strong enough to cover over all of those things and wipe their sins away as far as the east is from the west. I'm teaching this message right here to Christians who are born from above, who need to be instructed on how to live their Christian life. That's why I'm teaching these sermons. You might think that it's too much emphasis on the outside, and I'm telling you that Yahweh appointed modest garments in the book of Genesis. We're still fallen human beings. We still need to dress modestly. In Matthew 23, Yeshua said, Listen, first clean the inside of the cup, that the outside may become clean as well. Paul wrote to Timothy in 1 Timothy 2, I would that the women dress themselves in modest clothing, in decency and good sense. All throughout the Bible, nakedness in the midst of society is looked upon as something negative, not something positive. We are not to show our nakedness in the midst of society. That is something that is to be done in the bedroom with our husband or with our wife. Where sexual intimacy is permitted and is allowed and is promoted. But not for every single man to see your body woman or for every woman to see your body man. You've got to get a hold of the biblical teaching on modest apparel and not sell 
your private areas of your body that Yahweh gave you. And remember, if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Christ, a follower of the Messiah, your body is not your own. You're bought with a price, and that's the precious blood of Yeshua the Messiah. You're bought with a price, and you are owned by the blood of Yeshua by Almighty Yahweh. And you have to present your body as a living sacrifice to Him, holy and acceptable unto Yahweh. It's your reasonable service, Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12. Now, if you have any questions, if you want to study this subject out more fully, you can call or email me. The contact info will be given at the end of this broadcast. And I'll send you a free book if you want to have several books to study in a Bible study with a group. I'll send you as many as you want, completely free, postpaid. It will not cost you a dime. Freely I have received, freely I give. This will be the last sermon that I teach on the radio broadcast about this subject. I pray that it's been a blessing to you, and according to His will, may Yahweh bless you in your wisdom and your knowledge. You've been listening to the Ministers of the New Covenant radio broadcast. Our website is ministersnewcovenant.org. That's ministersnewcovenant.org. Please visit our website where you will find hundreds of audio sermons as well as videos, books, and articles explaining various doctrines in the scriptural faith. For questions, you can also call 678-347-6240. That's 678-347-6240. Thanks for listening, and according to His will, may Yahweh richly bless.